Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. The really cool thing about this, you guys, for those who've been following along week to week, I had no idea. Well, the last time I was, I wasn't here last Tuesday, but the time I was here before, remember we had Karen and I do the interview, I interviewed Karen about, um, uh, about the whole idea about the seal, the thing that blocked her from having a um, really good breakthrough with the Lord. And until I looked at today, what was my next thing in line to, to teach based on doing this series, it, th- that scripture's in here about the seal. So isn't that cool? So God had us get that revelation. And for those who are watching, you just need to go to beautyfreshes.org and look on there for the, um, uh, where we're talking about, Karen and I are talking together. We're around this table. You'll just have to find it. And, um, and we went to Morningstar and Chris Reed called her, called her out and this whole thing um, gave her a word of knowledge. But we got to this great breakthrough. She got to this really great breakthrough. And then we had an altar call for everybody here. So it was really cool that the next place, what, what are the chances of, out of the entire Bible, the next place I'm supposed to be teaching that night, right when we got back from that, that trip to Morningstar, was about that scripture about the seal. It's only mentioned a couple of times in scripture. Isn't that cool? So I said, Karen, you won't believe it. So anyway, so we're going to pick that up. We're not going to tell that story again and what happened, but I encourage people to go find that on our uh, mentorship page at beautyfreshes.org, or you might be able to find it on um, the, our YouTube channel when that gets all up and going. All right, 2 Corinthians 1.13. This is written by Paul. He goes, we write to you with words that are clearly understood. I'm, I'm using the Passion Translation. We write with you with words that are clearly understood, and there's no need for you to try to read between the lines of what we write in hopes that you can completely and accurately understand our hearts. And so he's really saying here, look, we're not trying to manipulate you. We're not trying to be someone that we're not. You know, we need to get real in the church, not not an authentic that's fake, like all the pictures they took of me for the YouTube uh, channel right before this. But... (laughs) But we need to be who we are. We should be the same person. Um, when when we should be the same person all the time. And it was kind of cool because Janelle spoke last week, and that you probably can't find that one on YouTube. But part of what she was sharing that touched my heart was like, wow, when I went to the retreat with you, and I saw the real you, and I saw you know that side of you just kidding around all. Um, then it, it broke the lies off of her of trying to make me. I don't know what, so spiritual or something. I am very spiritual, but so was Jesus. Uh, Jesus was more spiritual than me, right? But he also attended weddings. He also hung out with people. He also made jokes. He also had a great time. And so I want you, when you look at the Gospels and you try to see who Jesus is, which what we're doing now, we started on Sunday, 
look at the lifestyle of Jesus because the lifestyle of Jesus is the lifestyle that Holy Spirit will lead every one of us into. And when we get free from trying to live in a lifestyle that the world wants us to live in, then we'll, live, we'll be unshakable no matter what they do to me. I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to get along with the Father and the Lord and the Holy Spirit. I'm still going to pray and heal the sick. I'm still going to speak in tongues. I'm, I'm still going to be who I, the lifestyle I have as a believer. And so God is trying to refocus his whole church onto who are you as a believer. And we have to let go of the American lifestyle. We have to let go of the American dream because it's not the God dream. And while we keep fighting an intercession for the American dream, we haven't been winning too much. But when we fight for God's vision for the, for the nation, when we fight for the gospel, when we fight to save unborn babies for real, when we fight to preach the gospel freely to the nations and to have our freedoms to preach the gospel, that is what our forefathers came to this nation for. They came to have a place where they could worship God without the government interference. They came to this nation that would be based on um, the old and new covenants in the Bible. That's why they came here. That's, and they fought and, and, and the enemy got in and some of that was ugly. But the bottom line was they came here to find God, not money. That didn't happen until they started going. They found out there was some money here. And then you have the whole thing that took us to the other coast was what? The gold rush. And that's when the spirit of Baal began, began to begin to manifest itself in our nation was to go and make this about getting wealthy, make this about a lifestyle of wealth. They did not originally come here for a lifestyle of wealth. They came here for a lifestyle to serve and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God's going to shake our nation until we get back to that. And so I encourage you to live his lifestyle anyway, because it's really awesome. And we talked about that some on Sunday. But anyway, so he's saying here, look, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just speaking clearly to you so that you can understand his heart. That's what um, Paul's saying. We know who have already understood us in a measure and that you'll eventually come to understand us fully. Then you'll be able to boast of us, even as we will boast of you in the day of our Lord Jesus. So what is Paul talking about here as he's talking to the Corinthian church? Church is about fellowship. Church is about getting to know each other for real, understanding each other for real, being a part of each other's lives. That is part of the Christian lifestyle. That was part of Paul's lifestyle as a Christian. And he's saying he, when, he get, when he was able to go to these places or write these letters to these places, he's talking to them. That's why I have a really difficult time looking at the camera when there's people sitting here. When there's people sitting here, I want to look at the people who are sitting here. And I know there's more people on the other side of the camera, and I know there will be as this gets out. So I want to say hi to you guys, and I hope that you if you come to church here, I hope you show up at least once or twice a week. And if you live in another um, area or another country, Find a church that you can go and fellowship at and be a part of and see what the Lord does with it. It doesn't mean you don't have to just pick one place, people. Where is the Lord leading you? What is he doing? And so here we have a true apostle, Paul, sharing from his heart that it's really important to get to know each other. It's really important to understand each other, to have real relationships. 
And if anyone knows, when Martin Luther broke away from the Catholic Church, the big revelation that he had was, wait, the church is supposed to be about fellowship and relationships and, and knowing uh, Christ. So we have to get back from that. We got to get away from this. It's okay if you have a mega church, if your mega church has many small groups and opportunities for people to know each other and care about each other. Now, people like to hide. So when you get into a small church, you can get a little bit nervous because all of a sudden you're living real, you, you really can be living real biblical Christianity. And that's what happens here because all of a sudden, wait a minute, I can't hide these things or people know what's going on or this is, you know, there's no, you, there's no place to play games. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about here in this letter. And that's why he would go into these churches and he would correct them where they needed correcting. They understood how to take a rebuke. They understood how to be led by the Holy Spirit to make sure things stayed holy, to make sure that, and, and so as you get more into the, the, especially in Corinthians, you'll see some of these things. And God is going to shake everything, however he's going to do it, to get us back into biblical Christianity. All right. So, so we're going to get to know each other more. I, those who stay, we've had people who've been with Beauty Freshness for over 25 years. And they really know me. They really know, we know you. We know what's going on in your lives. Everybody, we don't play those games. We, we've learned not to judge each other. We've learned not to, uh, we broke the power of gossiping or hurting each other with our words. And so it really is a sincere group of people who come together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray for each other and intercede for each other. But we also, there's a correction and a rebuke and the things that are needed at a place to come and repent and, and Holy Spirit convicting us, including me, probably me more than most of you, at least publicly, if you want to call it that, because he wants us to be real. And I don't care. He can, not that I, I don't like people thinking they have to give God permission. I, I can't even say, I was at and Lord, we give you permission to be here. Are you kidding I mean, like he needs your permission. I don't remember him asking permission before he flooded the whole earth in the days of Noah. I don't actually remember him ever asking permission, even when he walked the earth as Jesus. I'm just saying some of the things we do and say are so prideful and it's because our doctrine has gotten so far away from the truth of who he is uh, and, and to who we are. He is God. We are not. Can I get an amen? <laughs> We're not here to worship ourselves. That's already happening with the younger generations and all the self. They have more pictures of themselves than, I mean, it's amazing. Now they're probably on a cloud somewhere that can be wiped away or used, however, because we live in a different world now than we used to. But this is not about self-worship. This is about worshiping the King of Kings. This is about worshiping God. You know, the church will not prevail against because of the revelation of Jesus Christ as a man or the son of man. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against the Father giving the revelation to you that Jesus is the son of God. See, I'm in love with the son of God. I'm already married to, to John Foster, who's a man. I, I don't need another man in my life. It wouldn't even be right for me to have another man in my life in the way of really um, being as close to them as any person possible. But I 
the divine nature of God is inside of me. So I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And therefore, the most spectacular part of me is the part of me that's been born again. It's my spirit alive. It's who I am in Christ. It's who I am in Christ. That's my identity. That's my real and only identity. It's who I am. That's my eternal identity. And so in Christ, I can be completely, absolutely in love with the Son of God. And I know God is, you're going to see God's going to be changing some of the way people have been seeing him. All right. Now, 2 Corinthians 1, 15 through 16. With this confidence. Okay, what's the confidence? So he says before that, look, you're going to come to understand us fully. He says, we are going to all grow in relationship with one another. That's what his confidence is. We're going to get to know each other. And then he's basically saying, when you really know me and when you really know my heart and what this is Paul speaking, my ministry is about, you're going to actually boast about me. You're going to actually know that person really, really has been sent by God, really loves us, really is out, is out for to help us and to mature us. And, and I want us to see this because this should be the heart of true, uh, true Christians, period, but also of leaders in the church, of apostles. This should be the heart. There should be not how big of a platform can I have and how many people can stand out there and give us money, but how many people can we really get to know? How many people can really get to know us and we really get to know? And I really believe in the shaking we're going through, we're going to watch a really big change in the church. And I believe there's going to be a lot more. A lot of people are running to Bible studies and homes and home churches and all this. And I get it. They're running away from this, um, some of the control that's in the church, but they're also running away from not knowing anybody and never you walk in like who's here. And so we're, I, and I encourage pastors and leaders and, and, um, overseers of churches. You need to really pray about how do we get, uh, to a place where people really get to fully know each other and how do we really get that blend into what we're doing without it becoming all social. And so it's going to be amazing to see what God does. But people are supposed to know each other. The whole thing of running, of breaking free from the organized uh, Catholic church that Martin Luther saw was this is about faith in God. And this was about real relationships with people. This is about Holy Spirit flowing through people. And I want to see Holy Spirit flowing through you. Part of the main reason that God has us do so much healing the brokenhearted and, and setting the captives free and the whole idea of sanctification and making people holy because he's holy is so that you can have such a relationship with God that he flows through you and he gives you wisdom and he teaches you. And the Lord put on my heart, I guess it was Sunday. This is the time for building up. So I'm, you know, we've, we have lots of teaching on our mentorship um, which you can go to beautyfrashes.org and join that mentorship. It's really inexpensive, but if you're um, international, it's free. But you can actually go in there, and that's where he, a lot of that's tearing down what the enemy's done in you. But with the tearing down has to come a building up. And so we've done this for, who knows, so many years, probably 30 years. And the Lord's like, now let's really focus on building up uh, the body of Christ. Let's really focus on now building people up in who they are in Christ. And a lot of that, once again, comes with having the confidence of knowing the people who you fellowship with, knowing the people who lead you, knowing the people in their hearts.
So it was really awesome when we asked somebody who's been coming new and she said, I just love your heart. So that's what God's been trying to reveal. And some of the people are along our way, you should have seen her before God got a hold of her heart. But anyhow, he's had my heart pretty good. But So he goes on, with this confidence, I'm wanting to visit you before and after my trip to Macedonia so that you enjoy a second experience of grace. Afterwards, I'm hoping you will be able to aid me on my journey to Israel. So he's actually... What is he doing? He's in this church in Corinthians. He's writing them going, Where I'm going to come to see you as much as I can. Now, I miss going to the churches that we have been friends with and have reunions with in the Philippines. And I miss going to India and I miss going to Uganda. And so I'm praying for God to show me when to go again and what to do and who to take to do those things. But the first few times you go... Nobody knows you, you know, sometimes people just want your money um, or God's money that you have. And, but because we really build relationships with the pastors and the leaders and then the people where we go, we're really friends with them now. Like we, we, I don't try to go to a million different places. I find the ones that God sends me to until we can really train and equip them, but also come into real relationships with them that are real and that's one reason that I use social media. That's my biggest reason for being on social media is to see those people. I smile whenever I open up my, my um, Facebook page or whatever, and I'm not promoting one social media over the other. I'm just saying um, it's one way I can internationally. I go in there and I see people from Israel. They'll talk to me in the middle of the night or, or India and Brazil and um, especially the Philippines and Uganda and, and, and the whole time, sometimes I'll actually have a messenger, somebody will be chatting with me from one country, and then somebody else will be chatting with me from another country, and then I'll be posting. And it's, it's so amazing to literally, especially like if it's my birthday or Christmas, you know, I get uh, phone messages um, through the internet, through, through uh, Facebook Messenger or whatever, of a whole little orphanage singing Merry Christmas to me in English. I mean... It's amazing what God wants. And I think this is so important. And I, I think we need to shake every single thing else off. And those who hide at home and you don't come, come and get healed. Come and get healed. There is no, um, you can't really have confidence in, in who is ministering to you if you don't get to know them or you, you can't be really where they're at. And so the Bible says, do not forsake the fellowshipping together of the saints in the last days. He knows the devil's going to try to get everybody to just stay home and watch. And that's fine if you come too, you know, so the people know you and you know them. It's really not fine. It's really a, a false hiding place. If you think being on the other side of a camera actually means that the people know you are really able to pour into your life. Basically, you can sit there and take what you want and not what you don't want. But the Holy Spirit, except once in a while through word of knowledge, is not going to help you through the people that he's placed to be in your life. And so I really encourage people who aren't going to church. I don't believe for one minute that 2020 was supposed to be the great exodus from the church to never return. And, and I think it was a real horrible thing the enemy did. And I think too many of the people who see this are, have fallen for that. And so I want you just to come back. Just, you know, sometimes it's hard to come back because, oh, everybody's going to look at you. Well, we're such a small church. Everybody looks at everybody. So don't worry about it. It's like, you know, we don't think about it. But honestly, just come in with a smile on your face. 
You know, just come and say, I'm back. Because I know I need that fellowship. I know I need to be faithful to the Lord Jesus and his word and do this his way. And so I'm, I'm, I'm back. And I just say that to everyone who's not going to the church, whatever church it is that God has called you to be a part of. All right. With this confidence, I'm wanting to visit you before and after his trips. Okay, so we talked that. 2 Corinthians 1.13. When I revised my itinerary, he says, I, I'm not changing my mind. Or do I make my plans with unprincipled motives, ready to flip-flop with a yes and a no in the same breath? Of course not. So he's saying here, look, when I say I'm coming back, I really mean it. And But this is a real strong principle for us. We need, and I'm talking to me too here, we need to quit flip-flopping. We need to recognize, if I say that, it, let me say it this way, if Holy Spirit's leading me and when I say what I'm going to be doing, he's not going to change his mind. Now, if somebody's need is just getting me to kind of answer, say, okay, we'll try to do this, or, um, you know, or, or it's not super important and we're just more of a casual kind of thing. But what he's saying here, look, I, he's saying, I'm serious about getting to know you all better. I'm serious about coming here on a regular basis or however many times he could get there. And so I think we need as believers to also be a little more serious about let our yes be yes and our no be no. When we say something, then follow through. And of course, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, as they say, because the people who are here are probably the most faithful to be and committed to what God's called them to do with this ministry, and they're faithful to that. And so we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no, and we need to be led of the Holy Spirit. When you're led of the Holy Spirit, your yes will be yes. Why? Because he will not let you be very happy until you go where he shows you to go. And, and it's time we just die to the flesh. I know um, when Karen and I were going to Morning Star, oh my gosh, you guys, I have been traveling so much this spring and summer and then with the retreats and then taking care of the beach house and, and just the other things, um, going to Richmond for things. And it's sometimes it'd be so easy to say, well, no. But seriously, when I make a commitment, it's because I feel the Lord said, do this. Because it's so easy to walk away from that. Um, because the enemy will always keep us busy. We live in a very busy time. And we need to really pray about the things we make a commitment to. And I encourage you, before you leave, really ask the Lord, help me, Lord, to have the, yes, I'm going to make a commitment to at least one day a week at church. I'm especially talking to those who watch and don't come. Just make the commitment. But if it's two days or three days, then praise the Lord. But really try to see what Holy Spirit, where does he want you to participate? Where does he want you to be a part of uh, the fellowship or what his he, what's he's doing, right? All right. For as God is true to his word, my promise to you was not a fickle yes when I meant, but I meant no. So he's saying the Christian lifestyle, and you'll hear me say that a lot because the Lord really put that on my heart. The Christian lifestyle is your yes is yes and your no is no. And the reason is because you're led by the Holy Spirit. See, if I'm led by the Holy Spirit, he knows my future, right? So then I don't all of a sudden change because, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, there's a movie I'd rather see. Oh, my gosh. But I said I'd be there that Tuesday. No, he already knew that I was going to be here. So then I can't let the things of the world pull me away from what he's shown me. Does this make sense? 
It's beginning to be led by the Holy Spirit. I watched a lot of people, um, not a lot, but a few people in this church really get beat up by the enemy recently because their yes wasn't yes and their no wasn't no and their commitment wasn't to what is the Lord saying I need to do. Look, the enemy can always get us busy. He can get us busy with good things. He can get us busy thinking we have financial problems. We've got to get to a place to realize this is the thing that I need to be at, whether it's a conference, whether it's Sundays mornings, whether it's Tuesday nights or Friday nights for here. Do you understand what I'm saying? These, we have, we've got to get rid of this casual attitude about when God is ordering our steps. He doesn't casually order our steps. And that's what Paul's saying here. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. We want, I always have people say, oh, I just want to be spirit filled like you and spirit led like you. Well, you say that, but truthfully, it, it actually takes a commitment to doing the things he puts on your heart to do that you've said you would do. And, and nobody has wanted to run away from that sometimes as much as me. And that's why we went through a hard time and God had to send a young prophet to minister and to get me back on track because I was just um, letting the enemy make me really weary of seeing such a few people show up sometimes, knowing that the gift I have could reach a lot more people. And I don't want to just reach them only through the internet. At the same time, when he showed us, wait a minute, God wants you to intercede for this city. God wants to t bring intercessors into this place. And you've got to win Virginia, especially Newport News, Virginia, for the power and glory of God to win this state and to win this nation. And that this is going to be powerful of a kingdom work that he wants us to do. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what we're going to be doing now. Not what I thought I'd be doing now. And so a lot of this is, Lord, what are why am I here? What am I doing? What are you calling me to do? And it's time for everyone to get vision. It's time without vision, you perish. It's time for you to realize what is it he's calling me to do? Delete that you're so busy. I'm, I'm just, I've, I'm as busy. I've always been as busy as anybody. I actually get more done when I'm really busy because then I get more organized. But you know what? If everybody would begin to ask the Lord and participate in the entire church life and the Christian life, then a lot more would get done. A lot more would get done. If people are like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be a part of that. And then ask the Lord how to do that. He'll show you. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the energy. And thank God he gave me a cleaning anointing this morning so that my house is so clean. Boy, I didn't realize. I did not do spring cleaning in the spring because what a waste of a nice day. But, <laughs> but, Winter cleaning is my thing. All right. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Okay, whoops. Who is he? He's the son of God. Okay, here's an apostle telling us Jesus Christ is the son of God. I've become very sensitive. I don't want to overcorrect. But why do so many people keep saying he's the son of man? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's really big. Just listen. I won't say names, but most of And he's the son of man. I saw the son of man. I saw. He's the son of God. He was born of a virgin Mary. He became the son of man just to win us back, to redeem us. And that's another whole teaching. He came to redeem us. 
And then he came to empower us by making us new creations in Christ Jesus. And the revelation the enemy can't stand is not that he was the son of man. He can't stand that we know he is the son of God. That God himself, his own son, came down to rescue us. Okay, so he says here, Jesus Christ is the son of God. Everyone say that. Okay, let's all say in unity. Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then it goes on. And he is the one whom Timothy, Silas, and I have preached to you. Okay, who are they preaching? Jesus. How many more you almost don't hear him preach? You hear the Father preached. You hear uh, about Holy Spirit preached. You hear about the gifts. You hear about this. You hear about that. Can I t- Let us go back to the real foundation of Christianity. It's Christ. It's Christ. So the true apostles are not out trying to teach some wild doctrine that, that nobody else preached before, but they're going to preach Jesus Christ. In preaching Jesus Christ, we'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In preaching Jesus Christ, we'll talk about the Father. In preaching Jesus Christ, we'll talk about the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about the church. We'll talk about faith. We'll talk about healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything has to be founded on Christ. Things have gotten so off track because people almost act as if Jesus Christ was a stepping stone to the sons of God. People, Jesus will never be our stepping stone, okay? He might be the rock that crushes you if you don't start uh, getting your heart right. He's what, we, he's what we build everything on. If you really want to know how to study the scriptures, this is what I, I know people make up other things, but this is what I truly believe. Everything that's foundational, because he's the cornerstone, which was the way they built back then, so that makes him the foundation. Everything I believe, I base it first on what does Jesus say about it? So I have to study the Gospels, led by Holy Spirit. What would Jesus say about this? You would be free from so much error, spirit of error and doctrine if you did this. And I won't get, I could get into some different ones, but go check us out on the mentorship page. For example, Jesus is called no man father. And there's entire conferences and entire uh, ministers whose whole thing that they teach is how they are your spiritual father. And you have to have a spiritual father. And yet Jesus, who's the foundation, right, says, call no man father. And I'm not going to get in that. Go, go check us out on our um, beautyfreshes.org or check out the mentorship page and put in there. Um, you could probably put in their father and it would show up or I don't know, find it. It's, it's in there. They've got a way to help you find that. But you need to see, why did he say that? Why did Jesus say, call no man father, and then have, Tim, have Paul say, um, Timothy's like a son? Well, for one thing, Timothy was actually like a son to Paul. Like he actually knew him. He knew his mother and his grandmother. He, he actually had a relationship with him that was real. And you actually don't hear that much more about um, him thinking he's the father to other people. Anyway, he says you won't have many fathers. What he's talking about, you won't have many mature people mentoring you in the things of God. That's what he says. And that, that doctrine has gotten so off track. Anyway, so why did Jesus say that? 
because he didn't want that doctrine to get so off track. He wanted you to recognize, don't let anybody take his place. Don't let anybody take the place of the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, or the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody take his place. All right. He goes, and he has never been, and Jesus has never been a yes and a no. He has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. In other words, Jesus isn't wishy-washy. The gospel is not wishy-washy. I had a thing happen recently, and um, someone um, just kind of asked if they were, you know, if they came to visit us, you know, if they could share a room with someone. And, and um, I said, yes, as soon as you're married. But we wouldn't do anything. I said, I know, because you're not even going to share the room in my house. But I really prayed about it. Because I really knew they wouldn't do anything. At the same time, I thought, no, it doesn't look right. And it's because it's a male and a female. And I thought, no, you can sleep on the couch and the other person can have the room. Well, that's just getting ridiculous. And then I felt, you know, oh, and I prayed about it. And the Lord showed me one reason for that, even though I really did trust there nothing cutesy would go on. Um, it's for, it's for divine protection. It's for divine protection in that house. I want you to get serious about what's going on in your house or what the enemy could even look at and think is going on in your house. You know, it's up to you to be yielded to Holy Spirit to protect your houses. All right, we got to hurry up here. We got to get onto some intercession. All right, for all of God's promises, find their yes and fulfillment in Christ. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. So when we agree with God, when we agree with Jesus Christ, and so he reveals something and we're like, yes, amen, it glorifies God. God is waiting for our amen. See, I'm not trying to get God to agree with me. That would be called witchcraft, manipulation, and foolish, <laughs> right? God doesn't take my side. God doesn't waver. God's just waiting for us to come in alignment with who he is and what he says about everything, about everything. And so there's not sides with God. He, he's, he doesn't have a political party that he favors. He really doesn't. He's biblical. The key is what party more favors who he is. And then the believers, we should be praying and believing for an outpouring of his spirit so that every politician would be a believer in Jesus Christ. That, every, that some of the things that we do now that are so against the ways of God wouldn't even be a thought process in anyone's heart and mind because they would know, no, this goes against our God. And so we need to pray for a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our nation. Now, it is God himself who has anointed us. Get that. Like, I know I'm anointed. Like, I, I just know I'm anointed. And who does she think? I just know I'm anointed. I, I mean, I could, somebody could come up here right now and they fall down. Unless God didn't want them to. Sometimes it makes you stand when you're, the power of God's hitting you. How do I know I'm anointed? Because I hang out with God. You can't. Let me just say this. If you hang out with God, you will always be anointed. If you're not anointed, you're not hanging out with God. When you are in his presence and you're hanging out with him and you're talking to him and you're fellowshipping with him and, and you realize how real he is, his presence gets all over you. 
And that's what the anointing is. The word anointed means to be rubbed on by God. That's actually what it means. It's like God's like, so he's like, God's so close. Like he's in you. He's supposed to be in you, but he's also all around. You're supposed to be hidden in him. Christ in you, the hope of glory, abiding in Christ brings the glory. Oh, it's like, it's like this totally wrapped in God and God in you and God coming out of you and God all around you. And the more you get the revelation of how powerful and awesome he is and wonderful he is, you will be anointed. The more you stand on the sidelines thinking about poor you and all your issues and all your problems and you're over here in condemnation. Remember, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So when you're in condemnation, you're not getting anointed. When you live in condemnation, you're making a choice to listen to the devil and believe the devil where the anointing can't get you. But when you choose to say yes to God and you choose to recognize what he's saying here, he means it when he says something. So, so don't think you're going to get all close to him when you're in blatant rebellion against him and his word. Right? It doesn't work that way. That's how you get a fake religious demonic thing. That's gross. God says, if you obey me, you love me. I have people, oh, I want to hear God. Read his word and do what it says and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to do that. When he says put something off, then put it off. When he says deal with this, then deal with it. Why do you want to hear from him if you don't even know what he says in his word, especially the new covenant? You've got plenty to learn. You've got plenty to hear. Ask Holy Spirit to help you to hear him. All right. Now, it is God himself who has anointed us. I want everybody to say that. Now, it is God himself who has anointed us. Say it again. Now, it is God himself who has anointed us. Whoa. Kind of say things like that, people. Get in the word and begin to say, I believe this promise that God himself is going to anoint me. I believe his promise that God himself is going to anoint me. I believe his promise. Can I tell you, if you would taste and see how good God is just once in a while, you won't want to sin anymore. You won't struggle with sin. You'll just kick sin right in the face and tell it to get out in the name of Jesus and punish the demon behind it because you're going to enter into something so good that nothing, there's no relationship that'll stand in your way of being in God's will. There's no money offered to you, no job offered to you. There's nothing that compares to knowing him. Nothing. You really lose all fear because you know you'll have his lifestyle no matter what happens to our nation. And you just lose all that fear. Now it is God himself who has anointed us and he is constantly strengthening both you and us as we are in union with Christ. So you will be strengthened as you stay in union with Christ. Every believer, I love that here's Paul, a true apostle, and he's not telling you to let him lay hands on you so that you can be strengthened by Christ. He's telling you as you stay in union with Christ, you will be strengthened just as he's strengthened. He knows we are his since he has, this is the part with the seal that we talked about last week. He knows we are two weeks ago. We, he knows we are his since he has stamped his seal of love over our hearts by giving us the Holy Spirit. And he says in this one, like an engagement ring is given to a bride, 
a down payment of the blessings to come. I want you to understand what the seal is. When you are born again for real and you repent of your sins and you ask God to come in and seriously come into your heart, seriously come into your spirit, seriously be the Lord of your life and you mean it. You mean it. It's not a religious activity or running up to the altar because somebody else did. But in the core of your heart, it's like, God, I want you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want you as the Lord of my life. I just want you. And when that really happens, and it has nothing to do with an altar call, it has nothing to do with anything except you really, really seriously want a relationship with God. And you know that your sin nailed him to the cross. And you know you don't want to sin anymore. And you cry out to him and say, I just want you, God. When you get to that place, his spirit comes inside of you as a seal. In other words, as a guarantee, you belong to Jesus. You don't belong to the devil anymore. You don't belong to sinful uh, behavior anymore. You don't belong to garbage anymore. You do not even want to participate in the stuff of the past. You belong to Jesus. And a double-minded person can get nothing from the Lord. That's a person who wants to belong to God, but wants to belong to the devil. That wants to belong to God, but wants to belong to the devil. And God says, you know what? Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Because you always have a free will choice to say yes to God. But when you really say yes to him, you'll recognize that you are now into a close relationship with a powerful, powerful God. And his intentions is to cause you to be his bride or to be as close to him. Sometimes guys have a problem with this whole bright idea with, with God. It basically means the closest relationship ever possible is now available to every single human being because of the cross. And if they say yes to God, Holy Spirit comes in to bring them into the closest relationship possible with Jesus Christ. To where he, your relationship with him is greater than your relationship with your spouse, than with your children, than with your best friend, than with your sister, than with your brother, whoever. There's no relationship as close as your relationship with God if you say yes and let the Holy Spirit do what he was sent inside of you to do, which is a down payment to the blessings to come. 2 Corinthians 1.23, we're almost finished. Now I call upon this faithful God as a witness against me if I'm not telling the absolute truth. Well, that's a really scary thing to say. <laughs> Don't ever call on God as a witness unless you are 100% telling the truth and you're not confused about that. So Paul's really saying here, I know God is my witness. <laughs> In other words, he goes, I have such a fear of the Lord, I wouldn't be saying this if I don't know that I know I'm telling you the truth. 
I call upon this faithful God as a witness against me if I'm not telling you the truth. It was because I hold you in my heart that I decided not to return to Corinth in order to spare you the humiliation of my rebuke. But I don't want to imply that as leaders, we somehow coerce you and try to rule over your faith. Instead, we are your partners who are called to increase your joy, and we know that you already stand firm because of your strong faith. Wow, this is powerful. This is powerful to clean up some spirit of error and doctrine. Paul, as an apostle here, is saying, um, I didn't want to come to Corinth because I didn't want to rebuke you. I wanted to give you time to work this out with the Holy Spirit. I wanted to give you time to get your hearts right. I wanted to give you time to deal with issues. And he says, and he says, I'm not saying that um, if I came, I would have cursed you and tried to rule over your faith. He's saying, I'm not saying that I'm going to try to rule over you. I'm not saying that I would have come in and made you do something. And how many know with some of the covering doctrine and tyranny doctrine and control doctrine, sometimes it tries to shame you or put you in fear. And I've repented if I've ever done that to anyone, just trying to get them to do what's right. Because sometimes um, misguidedly, People will try to get, a, sometimes you try to get adults to do what's right as if they're children. And we're not supposed to do that. You have to have the Holy Spirit convict you. You have to want to do things God's way. So Lord's like, you know, let go of all this stuff that you've ever used, even if your intentions are good. Because I've always had good intentions. I don't want to see people fall into the trap of the enemy. I don't want to see people go through harder things than they have to. But you know what? That's not my job. If it's not Holy Spirit convicting you and you wanting to live holy because he's holy and you wanting him, then you may have to stumble through whatever you have to stumble through to come back to him in a real way. And how many know a lot of times, especially people who want to enable people, especially people with their kids, you just want to take, you want to protect them and take them by the hand and treat them like they're five forever. And there comes a time when the Lord's like, no, they have to make this decision. They've heard the truth. They know the truth that'll set them free. They have to want it. And so Paul's saying here, look, I didn't come on purpose because you weren't ready for what I was going to say. But I'm believing you're letting God work that out. And he's saying here, we're not going to rule over your faith. Instead, we're going to be partners who are called to increase your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So he's saying, look, my, I want to come to encourage you. I want to call, come to help you have joy. I want, when I show up, I want you to enjoy the presence of God. Now remember, he's not a pastor. So when, Paul, when he shows up, it's more like, uh, if you want to say, when I go to another nation and they're only going to see me for a few days. And then they'll see me a few days and a year later or a few days. It's not. And that's what he said. When I, he said, when I come, I want to come and just let's all enter and have a great time of joy. But he's not saying it's okay to live this other way. Do you see what I'm saying? He's saying, let the Holy Spirit deal with you. He says, and we know that you already stand firm because of your strong faith. So he's encouraging them as he's writing this. He goes, I see things are changing. You're having strong faith. Things are turning around for you. And he's so excited about that. And so um, that's, that's my heart. My heart is as God builds this church, as people get stronger and more mature in the Lord, they are going to say yes to God and let go of all the stuff in the past and do this thing God's way with his strength 
and really begin to taste and see how good God is. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for those who are joining us to watch this. And, Lord, we just give you praise, Lord, as people are going to go deeper in walking with you and knowing you. And we just thank you so much for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.